You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back on the Oz Network for a very special episode of the Amazing Race Canada. Uh, it's very special because we're actually accomplishing this episode due to numerous technical problems. I'm speaking through some World War II Morse code thing, Cordner Rossi. Um, things don't want to record. I've got a baby watching Hercules in the background. Let's see if this works. Uh, we're here to talk about the Amazing Race Canada, and my name is Colin, and I'm joined, as always, by two of our foreign Amazing Race listeners, watchers, podcasters. Uh, first, coming to us all the way from Emu Plains, where I also understand Dolores from OnStar uh, is assisting him this morning, Jared Lubick. Thank you. It's uh, it's great to be back. Um, I'm I'm just checking. Um, we're still first. You're still first. Yeah. Oh oh, a reference to the race. I get it now. <laughs> this has been a great day for me, as you can tell. Uh, and also joining us from somewhere where they make latte art, Anthony Rossi. I just took the TTL, and boy, was it crowded. Oh, that's also a reference to the race. <laughs> I watched this recently. Can you tell? <laughs> uh, let's get uh, initial impressions of this week's episode. Uh, I'll just kind of quickly start it off here before we go around the table. Uh, I, I should not have enjoyed this episode at all, because it was all product placement challenges, and it was more dancing, which um, I think we already mentioned last week we're getting a little bit sick of. But it was still like a fairly entertaining episode as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't think it's the best episode of the season, but uh, I don't know. Jared, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. I thought it was good for um, what it was. Um, Definitely kind of probably like a middle-of-the-pack episode. Uh, I didn't think there was anything too exciting challenge-wise, but yeah, surprisingly, things kind kind of worked. And Rossi, what did you think? Are you uh, freaking out like Casper is right now? I'm going to be a a little hypocritical um, because I was very anti-dancing challenges last week. (laughs) But I loved it this week. It was just... It was so perfect. It tied in. Like, I... I I mean, maybe because I've consumed nothing but six months of Drag Race that I'm like... (laughs) This dancing challenge is everything that I wanted in an episode of The Amazing Race Canada. I don't know. I thought the episode was fun. Like, nothing over the top, like, whoa, that was incredible. Nothing, like, jaw-dropping, but it was still just a fun episode. Seeing people like Kwame and Adam boging is just enough to put a smile (laughs) on my face. Uh, and just wait till we get to Melissa, because that took it to a whole new level of awkward. <laughs> uh, so this episode was in Toronto, which uh, we talked about last week. And uh, I mean, I guess Leanne and Mar, at the very least, were from here. I-, I always look forward to the ones where they're at home, because I feel like those teams have an advantage. And I, I kind of wish that, you know, we'd had a little bit more driving like last week. It would have been great to see a team like Leanne and Mar just be able to be like, oh, we'll just take this road and this road and this road, whereas all the other teams get lost. I mean, I've... Never actually, well, I've been in Toronto, as in I've been in the airport for a layover. We slept in the airport. Um, uh, this is when we were on our honeymoon, Jamie and I. We uh, landed in Toronto, and I figured it doesn't make sense to go 
and get a hotel for the night if we're going to be flying out at like you know seven thirty eight in the morning. And then I read online that like the the Toronto airport, the Pearson International Airport, was like one of the best airports in the world to sleep in, which was a total lie. It was the worst <laughs> experience I've ever had. Jamie can sleep anywhere, so I mean she was out like a light, but I probably slept like fifteen minutes the whole night. Uh, so terrible airport to sleep in, but I did actually take footage, which maybe one day I intended the time. This was just before Amazing Race Canada season one was coming out, and I had shot footage expecting I would use this on my audition video. But Jamie didn't agree to audition for the Amazing Race Canada with me. Still have the footage. One day maybe we'll use it. Um, but no real. I wish we had um our like Johnny Mustard yes adjacent cameo this episode. <laughs> um. We have the double U-turn in this episode, which wasn't nearly as dramatic as last week. Uh, let down, let down. Yeah, a huge letdown with the double U-turn this week. But um, I, first of all, I'm just going to give it up to Dylan and Kwame. Do they? I mean, do they go out of their way to create these terrible moments of just buffoonery? Uh, but I love them for it. You know, when Dylan was talking about we're going to Toronto's largest city. No, wait, Canada's largest city. Yeah, like Dylan's, Dylan and Kwame is just, whether they're crashing into signs or voguing or uh, thinking that Toronto is a country, it's just they're, they're gold. Uh, but the first challenge of the episode, which is something we're seeing in almost every season of The Amazing Race now, which is go to some high spot and spot the flag. Nothing really exciting there. I kind of expected this would have been a little bit better. But uh, the second part of it here, another... Uh, I guess this one would be, I'd consider, almost an unintentionally entertaining challenge because it was our Chevy Equinox challenge number three of the season, or whatever it was, uh, which was packing a car and then parking a car so they could show off the whole uh, camera in the back to park, which I think I've used like once or twice in somebody else's vehicle, never used it in my own. Now, this is what I did like about this challenge. Um... The items they're packing, which I don't know what this was for a trip for, but I know that the next time I go camping, I'm going to be packing an owl, a garden hose, a toy truck, a gnome, a stepladder, a guitar case, an umbrella, a tackle box, an inflatable punching bag, and a cactus. (laughs) Just watching them pack these items was amazing. Uh, Jared, why don't you start us off? What did you think of this first challenge here? I guess the first two challenges, if you want to include the, uh, the lookout challenge for the flag. Uh, yeah, I thought the lookout challenge was kind of a waste. Um, I do sympathize a little bit with Zainab and Monica because how many times is it like find the flag and actually go to that building, mm-hmm. um, rather than going to kind of the square in front? So I thought that was, um, not a terrible mistake, although I suppose most teams would kind of come from that direction anyway, so you would see the challenge. Um, but then when it came to the car challenge, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought the packing the stuff away was a lot more interesting than actually, um, reversing the car just because nobody really seemed to struggle with that. I think it was only, uh, Taylor who they at least showed like hitting over the, the car phones. Everybody else kind of seemed to get it first go. But yeah, I loved just the teams, um, trying to shut the door when it obviously wasn't going to shut. Um, <laughs> you got it as your profile. It just reminded too. me of like, yeah, like, I don't think I've ever done that with, like, a car, but it's just, like, when you're, even just when you're packing, like, luggage and you know that it's, like, it's not going to shut, but you just try anyway and the zipper is, like, about to, like, burst. Um, but no, I thought that was great. It's, like, yep, yeah, just just slam the door shut on these cars. They're not yours. It doesn't matter if they get damaged. 
Um, yeah, I just thought it was good value. And one of my favorite moments was um, Dylan, when he finished it, he showed so much, like, restraint. Like, you could tell he just wanted to, like, chest bump the guy, like, giving out the clues. Mm-hmm. And he, like, kind of goes to do it. And then he's like, oh. And then he just, like, shakes his hand. And, like, they're off racing again. So I thought that was good. And let's add to that. Adam packing it because it wouldn't be an Amazing Race Canada Heroes Edition episode if Adam didn't tell us how being a firefighter is helping him in a challenge because he packs a fire truck all the time and then we get the whole uh, uh, line where Courtney was saying you know slow is faster than you go slam is faster something like that and then they're like that's man mentality for you (laughs) it's just I love Courtney and Adam now they're one of my favorite teams and they really shouldn't be Um, Rossi what did you think of this first challenge and do you love Courtney and Adam as much as I do? I mean, there wasn't a lot going on. You know, it was like a simple car challenge and just like a simple get get on the top of the roof lookout challenge. But I thought there was a lot of like extra things that we weren't expecting to get, like Zainab and Monica going in the building itself and missing like the huge, like empty public square. We got like Courtney and Adam like looking in the wrong direction the whole time. And then all of a sudden like, oh, what's over here? And then finding it. So I thought there was like some fun moments that they added in the race that were just like bonus things that we weren't expecting to be challenging like I mean it was simple tasks but I thought those fun moments were cool and some people don't know how to pack a car like there was just like crazy things and I was surprised that um, Leanne Omar whoever did it was just like wrong 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 and then she finally read her clue and it was just like can't put anything in the front seat and it was just I'm surprised more teams didn't do that, slash Dylan and Kwame <laughs> get caught doing that. The other... And okay, the one you... thing I hate about this challenge is that since it's product placement, you have the teams, like, promoting the car as they're doing it. And, like, someone was like, oh, I don't know if this stuff is going to fit. And, like, I'm just, like, thinking that they're promoting the car because obviously it's going to fit. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've packed tackle boxes and umbrellas and guitar cases in here before, but I mean, when you throw a cactus and a gnome and a garden hose in there, I mean, who's going to be able to pack that unless it's a Chevy Equinox? With assist backup camera. (laughs) And Dolores from OnStar. (laughs) (laughs) Who tells you where to go next? (laughs) Um, Here's the one complaint I had about this one, is the fact that they use the two cars. Because, uh, like you mentioned, Jared, I mean, nobody was really going to struggle with the backing up when they're given the assistance of this rear... I mean, it, it was clearly all product placement, because this in no way was a challenge. If you told somebody, we want you to parallel park, that's a challenge. I mean, half the people I know in this city, in Winnipeg, have no idea how to parallel park. And you pretty much have to parallel park everywhere here. Uh, but... This was like, we're going to make it as easy as possible on you. And I feel like if they had even just incorporated this whole reverse camera thing, but made them park the car they packed, where it's like, not only do you have to pack your car, but now you're going to have to park and have all these things obstructing your view. Maybe it just would have made it a little bit more fun. Uh, but, I mean, it's for a product placement challenge, again, like, including the, the one last week where they assembled the Chevy Equinox. Are these the same ones they assembled last week? That's what I want to know. Like, are we going to have, you know, this door falling apart and, uh, and Adam's like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Or, or Courtney's like, Adam, being a fireman does not help you in all challenges. I mean, that, that would have been a little bit better. But, um, 
I don't they know. They should have um, packed the car that they were given and have no rules. Like, you could pack it however you yeah. want. And then you have to back it up. And if you can't see, like, you'll have to undo everything exactly. and repack it. Yeah. So that there was, like, a little bit more of a challenge in backing up. Yeah. I, I totally would have gone for that one. Um, Jared, have you ever used one of these reverse camera things? I have actually. We have a lot of the cars at work have reverse cameras, so um, I'm kind of getting used to. It. I still like there's still like the thing of not having had one and then having one, and you just like don't trust it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's there, but I find myself using kind of the review mirror more than the actual reverse camera. I mean, maybe it's because I'm you know I don't have one in my car, but like when I do use it, like in other people's vehicles. I'm always nervous. I'm like, well, what do the lines mean? I mean, if it's inside the line, you know, is that good? Um, you know, I, I see something on the ground there. Is that a child? Is that a leaf? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I get a little bit nervous with them as well. Um, well, it was funny in the challenge because uh, when you see Martina doing it, she actually, like, looks back, mm-hmm. like, straight up just turns around and is backing up. And I'm like, you have a camera. <laughs> let's let's give that as our Martina question of the week, which will update people on the end of it Uh Martina, have you ever used one of these reverse camera things before, and do you find it easier to just use mirrors? So the um, the next bit, I'm not even going to go to the next challenge yet. Uh, I mean, I guess they go to the book vending machine, which was a cool idea, but it's I guess it's one of these things where let's not incorporate everything as a challenge, but let's show you some of the cool things you can get around the Toronto. Um, I did like in the, uh, the Pearson International Airport, the Best Buy vending machine where you could buy an iPhone or... Uh, <laughs> pretty much any type of electronic device out of a vending machine, but that was a a couple of years ago. Uh, I would have loved to have a book vending machine there at the airport. That would have been fun. Um, With the U-turn coming up, I love that Taylor and Courtney assume they're going to be U-turn, which at the time when I was watching this, I'm like, that's kind of vain of them, like as if they're, you know, the the top dogs on the race. But then, of course, the way this episode plays out, you're like, well, it would have been smart if somebody had the chance to do that. Um, Let's talk about the subway scene really quickly here. Adam, can I sit here, please? <laughs> the guy next to him. <laughs> and I just love this guy. Like, obviously, you, we've seen shows like this where they have to blur people's faces out. I'm assuming they have to get people's permission. You know, we're going to be filming here. If anybody objects to be on camera, you let us know, and they got to give their sign-offs or whatever. But for somebody who obviously agreed to be on camera, this guy looked so miserable <laughs> when he when he asked him, like, can I sit here, please? This guy's like, um, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know, this this whole scene, it almost seemed like a little bit of a, you know, the polite Canadian firefighter man. It seemed a little bit forced to me, but there's a lot of people online who are responding. It's like, oh, he's so nice. I mean, I don't know. Uh, is This this is just general etiquette here in Canada. I mean, you, we kind of get the reputation of being polite Canadians, although I've always maintained we're not really polite. We're just polite to people's faces. Behind people's backs, we're probably terrible. But uh, it's just a normal etiquette thing here. You know, you ask somebody, hey, can I sit here or whatever. Uh, is this etiquette in Emu Plains, Jared? Uh, have you ever r- rode the public transportation and had somebody ask to sit next to you? Uh, not really. I think the only time I've ever asked is more of like a sarcastic thing where they're like blocking access or they've got something on the seat and they'll be like, <laughs> oh, is this seat taken? Um, to get them to move their crap so that I can sit down. Um yeah, so it's not so much etiquette here. It's just kind of like, yeah, if a seat's taken, um, or if a seat's free, just just take it. Um, public transport in general is just a very interesting thing. And I just loved how on this episode it seemed like such a random thing for them to be doing. Like, oh, we're catching public transport. What is this? Um, <laughs> I, 
I don't know. It just it just was really funny how like some of the teams like treated it like it was so kind of like backwards. Um, but no, it was a, definitely a good fun challenge. I love um, Leanne like mentioning taking Adam's TTC verge. Yeah, <laughs> um, which which is a great moment. Uh, Rossi, what's public transportation like where you're from? I feel like even if you do have a seat, you don't really have a seat because people will probably like pull you out of the seat just to sit. <laughs> No, I don't think any, I mean, like, you ask if something seems off, like, oh, maybe someone was sitting there or something like that, and they stood up for some reason, or they left something on their seat or whatever, but otherwise, you just kind of sit. I feel like the only other time, the only other thing is, like, if it's a really packed train, then you don't don't have to ask, but if if it's not a packed, like, car, and there's <laughs> one person on it, don't just sit right next to them kind of stuff. I, I mean, it's funny, because I feel like this is going to be different no matter where you go. And the reason I thought this scene was interesting is because of Leanne and Mar's reactions. Like, oh, that's so nice. That's so polite. Like, I don't know. If, uh, I can't remember where Adam and Courtney are from. Uh, I don't know if somebody who's not recording this on their phone right now can research that for me, maybe Rossi. <laughs> but maybe I'm assuming that Toronto is different. Like, that Toronto's, uh, you know, you kind of get that reputation like New York. You know, people are going to be a little bit more rude than they are in other places. I mean, in Winnipeg, I mean, our province, Manitoba, the the, the tagline you see on all our license plates is friendly Manitoba because we're kind of known for being overly friendly even compared to other places in Canada. But uh, maybe this is not normal for Toronto. And Leanne and Mar are like, you know, what a nice little boy from wherever he's from, Rossi. Calgary. Calgary. <laughs> That's such a Calgary thing to do there, Adam. <laughs> ask politely to sit to the very awkward guy next to you. And were there no other seats on the train? I mean, <laughs> there could have been somewhere you could sit. But it's this is one of the things I liked about this episode is not even the challenges, just these little character moments we got. Uh, it is funny that um, just reading a lot of people's opinions this week, because we're going to get into the dancing challenge here. Well, let's just group it in as well. But the complaints you're finding across the board are people saying, too many dancing challenges, which I thought was hilarious after, you know, what uh, was mentioned last week on this show, and also that the teams are too nice. And I think we mentioned that on a past season, um, I don't know if it was Rossi, probably both of you, because we cover all the Amazing Races. Uh, I think it was the social media edition of the U.S. Amazing Race that, like, everybody was just being too polite because this is a public persona and that we didn't really have the drama that we normally had. Um, I, I don't know if want to include that like are we finding the teams too polite because we're not really getting a lot of drama the close thing we're getting is the whole leeches thing which is done more as a joke you know you get melissa and karen is her name <laughs> um melissa and rossi nancy nancy jared thank you i don't know why you wanted to call her karen i don't understand this We've even talked about them. She's the Olympian. She's the reason I wanted to watch this show in the first place, and yet I find Nancy the more entertaining one of the two. But I keep forgetting her name. Uh, but we have the little leeches thing with them. But, like, I don't know. What's what's the opinion on the teams being polite? Is this hurting? Or I think it's actually helping the show, because I think the politeness of the teams and, like, the enthusiasm of somebody like Martina or Adam or whoever else is actually, you know, kind of making the show amusing. Jared, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's killing it. I think, I mean, in kind of this last episode, yeah, I would have liked to see more people use kind of uh, the U-turn. Yeah. And I was expecting it just because, like, the first time it was offered, it kind of was used by two teams. Um, but I don't think it's terrible. I mean, 
that was kind of my only reason that I was starting to, in a way, warm up to Zainab and Monica was because I thought that they could become kind of this villainous team, mm-hmm. um, which was like a fairly low scale of villainy, but I, compared to the rest of the cast, um, they were kind of moving into that category, and I thought that, that was kind of going to be their storyline moving forward, and it was something that I could kind of get behind. Um, so I think it's it's fine and it's working without. It definitely is nice to have a team that um, you're rooting against as well as rooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's terrible because the teams are interesting. If you had bland teams, um, then yeah, sure, you'd want a villainous team to at least spice things up. But I think all the teams are interesting in their own way. Um, so I'm fine with nobody being too uh, cutthroat. Yeah, and... I, I kind of see what you're saying with Zainab and Monica, and it's almost a shame this week because they were the ones you turned. The, obviously, the race is structured in a way where, I mean, you're putting personalities together. Sometimes you know we're going to rub people the wrong way. Like, you know, you know this team's going to get on the nerves of this team. I mean, every reality show casts like that. Uh, but then when you add twists in here, like the U-turn, where you know people are going to take it personally, the producers want that so they could get drama. And Zaneb and Monica's reaction was, you know, when they got U-turned, like, oh, fine, they want to play dirty. Like, we could have gotten something out of that. It's just a shame they were gone this week. And it was fairly obvious they were going to be the team to go to just because, you know, how far behind they were. I mean, when they were leaving the pit stop, if you want to call it that, most of the teams were already assembling their car, and it was in a different city. So it wasn't a surprise they were going to go this week. But uh, if they had stuck around one more week, I think it would have been interesting to see uh, if we could have gotten a rivalry out of this. Um, Rossi, are you finding the teams a little too polite? Do you want to see more drama? Do you want to see Martina uh, pile drive Dylan uh, into the concrete or something? Yeah, I was just surprised that some teams didn't take the opportunity to get the teams that were obvious. Like, even if they're not doing super well, like maybe they're getting sixth or fifth, but you know they're starting team. Like, why not take it? Especially because the rule of like only using it once is no longer a thing anymore, apparently. And you can just use it again and again. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, I feel like some teams like Martina and Phil or Dil- I don't remember the order they showed up, mm-hmm. like Dylan and Kwame could have you turned, you know, Nancy or Melissa or Courtney or Ad- Adam. Like, I feel like you could have just used it. And maybe it's because they're heroes edition. Like, maybe they're not trying to soil the reputation or anything. Yeah. But it just seems a little weird that no one did it. And, and the team that did do it was like, oh, we really shouldn't. And everybody but we should. It was just so bad. Also, everybody was all for it when it was the blind U-turn, you know? So let's just say it. These heroes are really cowards. <laughs> I'm calling it now. <laughs> if it was blind, we'll U-turn. But, I mean, I- I'm not minding this overly polite cast because, uh, like you said, Jared, I mean, we're getting good personalities out of them still. Uh, but it would have been nice. I mean, I'm, I don't know if they've said this is a predetermined only two U-turns on the race or if we're going to get another one, but I think there's still potential if we can get another U-turn coming up in a future episode. Um, Obviously, Zaynab and Monica, we're not going to have much else to talk about them until the end, so we'll kind of leave it there, but yeah, they're the ones that are U-turned here. Uh, So the two parts of the detour here, we have the Latte Art and Walk the Part. Um, Both of these were slightly better than they should have been. I mean, the latte art, I, I think it's just something, it's not something I've ever heard of before, but then again, I'm with Phil, I don't drink coffee at all, uh, which this has got to be my favorite Phil moment of the whole season so far here, 
when he's talking about, I have seen other people drink coffee. <laughs> so I'm going to be good at this challenge. I've seen them drink coffee. That would have totally been me. Um, this is going to be my question for Martina this week. Is is the reason Phil doesn't drink coffee? Or let, let's say, Phil, if you're listening now, uh, if, if Martina's got you listening to the show, uh, is the issue with you and coffee that you can't handle caffeine? Because that's the thing for me. I mean, A, I don't really care for the taste of coffee as it is, uh, or the smell of it, which makes me probably the worst Canadian ever, considering that's one of like, the Canadian staples. But I cannot handle caffeine at all. Like, if I have a cup of Coke or Pepsi, Right now, it's like 5.30, 5.45 in the evening. Uh, if I had a cup of Coke or Pepsi right now, I'd probably be up to 2 in the morning. If I had like two of them, I'd be up all night. That's my tolerance to caffeine. Um, am I the only one here? I mean, Rossi, Jared, are either of you coffee drinkers? Have you ever had latte art? Uh, I am not. Um, I just think... The amount of sugar that I would have to put in a cup of coffee to make it taste okay <laughs> yes. uh, would not would not be like worth it. Like I may as well just drink a cup of sugar because that's how much I would need to get rid of like that bitter taste. Rossi, what about you? Are you a coffee drinker? I am a coffee drinker and no sugar in mine. Oh, Rossi's hardcore. <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Um, I still found this latte art thing to be funny. I mean, I've never heard of anything like this before, but, uh, the, the little things they did, like, I, I shouldn't find a challenge like this entertaining, but when they're getting into the little details, like, you gotta angle the cup at this, I'm like, that's really interesting. I wanna try that one day. And then just seeing them do the designs, I mean, it was, it's kind of fascinating. Like, you, you see the foam on there, and the dots, and then I can't remember what team it was, it might have been Martina and Phil. Uh, where they just start like gasping as they're like, they're getting close. They get the dots and they're like, ah, 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 and then all of a sudden they get it. They're like, yes. It's just this explosion of excitement is I kind of had the same thing. I'm like, it worked. That's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Like it's a magic trick. Um, but then the, the Vogue one, like again, we complained about the dancing challenges, but that was so entertaining to watch. I've got my profile pick right now. Just one of the reactions from the audience, which was like the greatest audience reaction I've ever seen. Uh, to somebody dancing poorly. And, I mean, talking about all of the uh, the, the bad ones here, I mean, let, well, we went through them. I'll, I'll kind of let you guys talk about it. Uh, Jared, what did you think of both the latte art and uh, your favorite Vogue awkward moment here? I mean, it was all good. I, I loved in the latte art when Phil and Martina, kind of, they do their first one, it's terrible, so they just chuck it straight out. But then they do their second one, which is, almost equally as bad but they just go for a check anyway and it literally looks like somebody has got like a nosebleed into like a coffee cup <laughs> or spat in a coffee cup <laughs> it's like it looks so unappetizing and terrible and they're like oh we'll just get it like a check anyway and the lady's just like no um so i thought that was great um and then i mean the vote challenge how do you pick like a favorite moment i think i'm gonna have to go with uh adam and Courtney, actually, this was before the Vogue challenge, but I'm just going to lump it in here anyway. When they get to the U turn and they're deciding whether to take it or not, we have this great moment when um, Courtney's like, "Oh, well, like, what do you think we should do?" And then Adam Terra's like, "I can't make this call. I made the last call," <laughs> um, which I just thought was great. I'm like, "Yes," because in his as as a firefighter, <laughs> I make one call, and then it's somebody else's turn to make that decision. Sorry, I can't save you from that fire because I made some, I made the last call, so I'm not making this one. Um, 
I just thought that was great. I think just of the Vogue challenge, just the costumes were probably just my favorite part because they were so ridiculous. Uh, and then I loved how with Courtney and Taylor, like she's getting all the um, constructive criticism. Like the whoever their, their instructor was, he's telling her to be less dainty. Uh, but then Taylor, like he's he's doing fine. Like he's being dainty enough for the challenge. He doesn't need any help. So I just thought that was good value. Taylor and Courtney, like, they were amazing in this challenge. Uh, and Leanne and Mar. I mean, I, I also love the moment where Leanne and Mar doing the challenge, like, without even struggling. And you, you cut to the shot of Kwame watching them, and his jaw just drops. That was just a great moment. Uh, Rossi, uh, you've already said you love this Vogue challenge here. Uh, anything to talk about the latte art and then your favorite Vogue challenge moment? I mean, I thought it was just, like, funny to see some of the bad latte art like you've got like a dot of pink and it's like check please like (laughs) and i wonder how much i feel like my question to them to martina and phyllis how much coffee did they waste (laughs) in this challenge because they probably lost so they they had a huge bucket and i'm wondering how much coffee did they have to pour out to finally get two cups (laughs) i want i want to know if like the owner came up to them it's like Seriously now, just switch challenges. You're wasting all our coffee. We're losing money. But, uh, I mean, the Vogue was so perfect. It was just, like, the perfect challenge. And I, I was, like, up here, like, so, uh, dancing challenges are the worst. We need to get rid of them. And, and then the next dancing challenge is the best challenge of the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Just everything. Kwame, like, struggling to do it. Like, Taylor getting it within, like, seconds. Like... He is like the dancing king this season. Like, it is unbelievable how quick he's able to do these challenges. And just seeing some of these guys, like, really struggle. It was just perfect. It would have been great to see Phil in this challenge, too. I mean, you know. I was so upset they didn't do it. It would have been, like, also to see doing it. Yeah, like, both of them, I guess, on opposite levels. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that Phil would have crushed this challenge, and I'm guessing that Martina... Maybe she's wrong, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's going to correct us. She's like, I'm an incredible dancer, but I, I would have gotten the impression that she's she would have lacked the organization and that you know he's probably the dancer of the group, and it would just been hilarious to watch her. But I don't think anybody would have been more awkward to watch than Melissa. This was, like, the best moment for me. The whole, for, as far as Melissa and Karen, a.k.a. Nancy, go, uh, best moment of the whole season for me was uh, Melissa saying, like, yeah, I think Nancy's got this. Uh, and she's like, to, to Vogue, you have to be both sexy and sassy. That's not me. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, you know, I mean, as far as appearances go, I mean, you know, Melissa Hollingsworth's probably one of the more attractive skeleton athletes on the circuit, let's just say. So I'm like, what? I don't get that. And then I watch her and it takes two seconds. I'm like, oh, that is so not sexy. (laughs) That is the most awkward thing I have ever seen. Oh, I just loved it. Like, Dylan and Kwame, I, I put in my notes... Dylan and Kwame bad, Melissa so much worse, because she was like, you add up how bad everybody else was in this challenge, and Melissa was just, this was like Melissa's moment of the season, and it's so funny that on The Amazing Race, when somebody's bad, that that's what makes them a memorable character, but I just loved it too. Um, I'm going to put this up there as one of the most entertaining challenges of the season. What's not one of the most entertaining challenges, but still had some good dramatic moments, was the food bank challenge here. Uh, which, uh, I mean, who, who's the team that uh, volunteered food banks? That was um, Joseph Cash, wasn't it? Uh, 
this would have been the challenge, you know, that they would have crushed. I mean, we talked about how every, we're going to have to have a firefighter challenge at some point, a cheerleading challenge. This was their challenge. It's too bad they were gone so soon. Uh, but still, I like that, just like in the, um, the, the one last week with the, uh, the, the car assembly plant, I feel like the, the race, the clues are just slightly misleading for people. And that's what's creating some of the drama in these challenges that otherwise would have had absolutely nothing. Because watching people pack hot dog buns into a box is not going to create entertainment on any show whatsoever. Uh, but to have this kind of deceptive clue where it's saying, you know, you have to put how many packages together. And there are teams who are trying to put together 17 boxfuls of wraps or bread or hot dog buns or whatever. Uh that kind of made this slightly more entertaining. But other than that, there wasn't really much entertaining to be had in this challenge. Uh, Jared, anything else you liked about the food bank packing the bread challenge? Uh, no, I thought it was fairly boring. I think um, as much as, I think it was Leanne and Ma were the kind of the team that overthought and then were doing like multiple boxes instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just thought it needed to be made more difficult. I think it's what, the Amazing Race Canada does well and is a smart decision is to have another challenge after the detour when they've had um, U-turns just because then it makes it a little bit less obvious um, who's going on. There's a little bit of room for stuff to change. So I think that's like a good decision that they've done kind of twice at this point. Um, but yeah, I just think there need to be more uh, places where teams could go wrong in this. And this food bank was in the most like dingy kind of... Um, <laughs> don't get murdered place of town um, <laughs> that I have ever, like, seen. Um, so, I mean, that probably made things more interesting just because I'm like, surely they've gone to the wrong place here, and then there it was. Um, but, yeah, I just yeah, I just think it needed to be more difficult somehow. Rossi, did you like anything in this challenge? It seems so weird, like, because there was a little clip where that Martina and Phil were in the cab, and, like, they said it was 45 minutes away. Like, why is this place out in the, the middle of nowhere? Like, they're in the middle of the city, and they've got to travel an hour to get to this one challenge. It just seemed weird. But I was obviously, it's another product placement. They were obviously promoting this food Dempsters, company that yeah. makes all this bread and stuff. It just seems weird that, like, like pounds of bread and hot dog rolls are being donated <laughs> to a food bank. Like, these foods of non-substance. Like... <laughs> Where's the healthy things? Like, you're just donating hot dog buns without hot dogs. It just seemed really weird. And is this just the bread station at the food bank, too? Because all I saw in this entire food bank was just bread. Like, these people show up at a food bank expecting they're going to get, like, a little bit of protein or, you know, some fruits and vegetables. Like, no, we got bread and just bread. Sorry. Um, Like, bread and water for your meal, homeless man. What I want to say that I I liked in this, though, was John, because I was so disappointed that we didn't get to see him voguing in the last one. Like, that's John's thing. He gets in there and he does these. You know, we've talked about since, like, the the very beginning of this, that John, what sets him apart is that we'll see him doing these challenges. John did not vogue. So disappointed. But to get the moment where he's packing the bread and he's talking about how you know, this is something to show the world how generous and compassionate Canadians can be. And he's like, thank you very much. And the lady's like, you're welcome. <laughs> just this weird polite exchange between the two of them was quite funny. Um, after this, they just go to the, uh, the, the pit stop, the checkpoint. 
and we're greeted by Sam and Paul, winners of the last season of The Amazing Race. Not my favorite team, maybe the least interesting team we've ever had win The Amazing Race. I, I think Rossi and I talked all last Shut season. Shut your mouth, Colin. <laughs> well, this was like the ongoing debate last season. I mean, you even agreed with me to a certain extent, Rossi, that like they were not full of personality. Uh, they were the best. You, I mean, you couldn't say anything bad about them. They were a nice competitive team. but They not, were the best. They were not. Uh, I'm glad that we didn't have uh, Hamilton and Michaela, though. <laughs> that would have made it really bad. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I would I would like, for a season like this, like let's have people on every single leg. Let's have amazing race teams on every single leg, you know, checking. You know, we're going to Winnipeg next week. Let's get Cormac and Nicole in there or Brian and Cynthia or somebody. But still, kind of cool. Um, only the good they, they only get the good team, so Brian and Cynthia and Cormac Nicole yeah. wouldn't show up. You shut your mouth now, Rossi. <laughs> you don't say anything bad. I just am imag- imagining uh, Simeon RP. I can't <laughs> do this greeting. Yeah. <laughs> I can't greet the teams, John. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, please bring Simeon back on here. Um, we're going to do a rundown of all the teams here. Uh, so let's kind of start with first place. I already said at the beginning, Taylor and Courtney, I was kind of like laughing at their vanity of like, everybody's going to want to U-turn us. Uh, but like looking at the results, I mean, this is their third first place finish out of six legs. That's kind of crazy. So uh, uh, Jared, start us off. What are your feelings on uh, your sibling team here of Taylor and Courtney? Um... They're just the best, um, not the best, the best, but the best. Um, I don't know. I just, as I said before, that the sibling teams automatically have to go for them. And I think that they've just kind of got more and more personality um, as the weeks have gone on. At this point, I think they're the team to beat. Uh, and Taylor in particular, in particular is just um, really fun to watch. And I just mm-hmm. love how he kind of beast modes through these challenges that um, you wouldn't necessarily expect him to be that great at. Rossi? Now everyone's on the Taylor and Courtney yeah. train. I said this a long time ago, and everyone's like, oh, damn, they're the most bland team here. <laughs> and now everyone's, I'm just saying, I said it first. I just, they're just growing. They're just so much more fun. I grow to love them every single episode. I hope they do. Well, I don't know if I want them. I hope they come in second behind Phil and Martina. Uh, Nancy and Melissa. Uh, I thought that this was their coming out episode. This was great. Uh, and again, just as far as their results go, I mean, they're back in there. They have they kind of were at the top and then the bottom, and they're kind of back at the top again. Um, I still don't really see them being like a final three team. Like something tells me that they're just going to crash and burn at some point. Maybe just the, the lack of experience working together is going to uh, come back and hit them. But uh, Jared, how are you feeling about Nancy, a.k.a. Karen and Melissa? <laughs> Well, I've been a long-term Karen fan, <laughs> um, and just barrel racing in general, because uh, what a sport, and, and they're just so interesting to have on reality television. Um, no, I think this is a team where it's like the one person definitely kind of outshines the other a lot. Um, so I think Nancy is great, and I love how she has this little... Um, villainous streak like she's kind of always the one who's like yeah we should probably like use that u-turn um and she's i suppose more of the game player of the team um but i think they they work well together because it's melissa who we've seen kind of struggling uh, a lot more which is unexpected and then it gives kind of 
Nancy more of like a personality to tell her to like hurry up and then they had that thing like she she yells at me but then afterwards like we're friends again so I just like the competitiveness of that team Rossi yeah by this point I've completely forgotten that they weren't like a pre-existing relationship like mm-hmm. I, I totally forgot that um, A because I haven't mentioned it and B they just have gotten so along together so I think that it's good that we kind of forgot that fact um, and yeah they've been fine like I don't see them lasting very long like they're doing well but they also had like a really bad week last week so it's totally up in the air they got lucky they're not being u-turned this week uh martina and phil i mean again there's nothing else we can really add on this i mean all i can really say is aside from being the most entertaining team on here they've really hit their stride i mean they're they've been in the top three two weeks in a row now so uh jared uh are you thinking that there's a possibility martina and phil can possibly be a final three team at this point um i think that they could scrape through i'm just more concerned that they're going to be like beaten out on like a run to the pit stop um because i actually thought that was going to happen again this week with them and Leanne and Ma, so I was kind of pleasantly surprised when they finished ahead of them, but I just I don't know, I just feel like that's going to happen because the teams have been so close together, um, really throughout, like, the entire race like, there's not usually a whole lot in it, so I'm just concerned that that's going to be their downfall one week, but I hope it isn't Rossi Every episode I watch I'm, like, nervous the entire time because I'm like, please don't let them get eliminated, please don't let them get eliminated And the weeks they do well, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a non-elimination. Like last week, they last week they were like, that was their best position yet, and it was a non-elimination. Like I was like, oh, and I was like, please don't be eliminated this one because it was a non-elimination, and they did so well. And I was like, I just want them to keep doing well. Every time they they, they fell behind because of the latte, and I was like, no, they're going to be eliminated. And when they said 45 minutes, I was like, no, they're going to be eliminated because that doesn't seem right. And they got the dodo music for that, and I was like, oh, it's stressful. They're they're making it hard to watch this show. <laughs> I'll also say that, uh, you know, I've only been able to watch one episode live so far this season. Uh, so usually I'm watching it, you know, um, probably at least the next morning or the next day. And if I see, you know, notifications come up that like Martina and Phil have tweeted this or this, I immediately ignore it because I'm like, oh, I, I can't read this. I'm, I'm assuming that, well, maybe they'll just be promoting the episode. But, but if they're saying like, you know... I enjoyed my time in the race, and I'm sorry I had to come to an end. I'm like, I will probably break down in tears if that happens. <laughs> so I ignore all things Martina and Phil that I see on social media until I've watched this episode, because I'm I, like you, I'm terrified they're going to be gone. Uh, Leanne the, episode, Mar- the, the episode Martina and Phil got U-turned. Yeah. Martina posted on Instagram, like, a photo of them, like, hugging, and Martina, like, was, like, screaming or something, and I was like, oh, my God, they got eliminated on that jig- I was dreading watching that episode, because I was like, they got eliminated. Oh, I was so upset. And then I was like, oh, wait, they survived. And I was, like, freaking out. I almost feel like going through this list that, you know, I feel, I'm going to feel this way about whoever gets eliminated next week, too, because I'm almost feeling the same way about Leanne and Mar at this point. Like, they're they're so competitive, and I made fun of them for that whole, you know, everybody underestimates us, but, like, I'm underestimating every single week, and they're just, they're a fun team to watch, like, without being as overtly entertaining as Martina and Phil or Dylan and Kwame, I just think they're a a great team. Um, They're another one that I think I'll be sad if they do go. I don't see them winning, but, again, I wouldn't be that surprised if they could be, like, one of the front runners that could win this. Uh, Jared, what do you feel about Leanimar? Yeah, I think they're a really strong competitive team. I do get the feeling that 
um, when they have their downfall, if they have their downfall, it's going to be a case of overthinking, like practicing a challenge 50 times before doing it or um, <laughs> packing too many loaves of bread um, because you're giving them boxes full, which is really just a kind thing to do to the homeless, giving yeah. them extra bread. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you 17 boxes of bread, Mr. <laughs> homeless Man. And I think one of my favorite storylines, it's not really a storyline, but just in my head it is, is um, Leanne's whole, uh, I'm a promotional cheerleader, so I don't dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, like, just doesn't make any sense in my head. I'm like, what even is a promotional cheerleader? Uh, and it's just my favorite thing. Every time she brings up, like, struggling in a dance challenge, even this week, she's like, I take a long time to learn choreography. And in my head, I'm just like, yeah, you typical promotional cheerleader. Uh, can't dance. What, like... It's just the best, like, underlying storyline that the race is not promoting, but it's just the best thing ever. Uh, I want to know what a promotional cheerleader is, too, because, I mean, obviously a sports cheerleader, you know what that is. What's a dancing cheerleader? What's a promotional? Promotional cheerleader to me sounds like, you know, if Chevy Equinox is having a big event in the city and they want to get some, go Chevy Equinox. Like, what else could a promotional cheerleader be? Rossi, do you know what a promotional cheerleader is? And do you love Leanne Mar as much as we do? I don't know, but I'm sure when we get Leon and Mar on the podcast, we yes. can ask them. Um, <laughs> but I think they're one of the locks for the final three for me. Like, I do think they could have a big downfall, but I don't know. They're just seeming so strong. Like, even when they're weak, they managed to come back because they were at the bottom of the barrel this week and they managed to pull out, you know, fourth place. So I think they're doing really well. And they've kind of been excelling. They've been a lot funnier than I've expected. Like, I love when they're like, obviously, we're doing voguing. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just, they're a lot funnier than I think sometimes. So, I'm I'm fans. Uh, Dylan and Kwame, another one. I don't think that we got that much Dylan and Kwame in this episode. But still, like, you can't go one episode without getting a hilarious Dylan and Kwame moment. Like, the the Toronto, uh, the Toronto being the largest country or whatever they said that was. And then uh, Kwame's jaw dropping watching Leanne and Mara was great. Uh, I sadly I don't think that they're going to last much longer on here uh, really if we look at their performances they've had so far I mean they had a third place finish but for the most part they're always kind of circling near the bottom um, Jared do you think there's any hope for Dylan Kwame I think it really just depends on the challenge I think if we get a really physical leg uh, which we really haven't this season then there's a chance for them to power ahead but if there's all these kind of um fine coordination challenges and memory challenges not that they've been bad at them like there's been some moments like dylan with his whole like um karate or taekwondo story or whatever it was um that he's good at memorizing choreography um but i just think yeah if there's not challenges where they can really play up their physicality and, and use that as an advantage over some of the other teams, um, then, yeah, they're not long left for the race. And Rossi? I mean, obviously, I love them. They're so funny. They're so, you know, out there, and I just love their personalities. Um, I do fear a little bit because they are so strong. They're like an outwardly strong team, and those aren't the types that do super well, like the really buff people, and that's what they seem. But I do think they have, like, Corey and Ivana upside because yes. that was kind of this is the same like typecast team so I do think that they could sneak through and surprise us with where they finish in the race oh you you, I, you totally took me back to Corey and Ivana I love that team near the end of the race uh, we got to get some interviews on here from last season that's the one season we missed but uh, 
Courtney and Adam, um, again, Mr. Polite Adam, what I did like this week was that I think this is the first time that they weren't making out throughout the episode. And, I mean, this is still probably like the least confrontational thing we've ever seen with couples on The Amazing Race. But as close as we're ever going to get to the, the lovebirds, Courtney and Adam, was the whole man mentality conversation and, you know, uh, disagreeing about how to pack the car. Uh, I'm going to say that that's their first newlywed spat. Um, they're not newlyweds, but, you know, they, they seem to perpetually be in that honeymoon phase. Uh, they're still such a fun team. Another one, though, that I really don't think that is going to last much longer. I mean, looking at this, their best position was last week, second, followed by... This week, sixth, which is second last, and it's it's tied for their second best, and it's the second last that they have. So, um, I don't know. Jared, what do you think about Courtney and Adam? Do they have any chance? Yeah, I, I said, like, earlier, a couple of weeks ago, that I had a feeling that they'll be the team that kind of continues to just scrape by and keep making it through in, like, second last place. So, I'm just going to stick by that. I think that, yeah, somehow um, they're going to come second last in every single leg that's left uh, and then I think finish like last in the finale Rossi they're definitely a fun team to watch like I'm never disappointed watching them on screen and I love that they use the U-turn like that was a smart decision to use it like they had no idea how well they were going to do on these challenges I thought it was a fine thing to do um, but I feel like we're just building up to the elimination episode They've they continually say you know we're not doing well Mm-hmm. We're not like winning, like, and Adam's like, we got second, but second on a continue racing. So it's like, we actually haven't placed yet. So, like, I feel like we're just going to get them either next week or the week after eliminated. Uh, Zainab and Monica, I don't have much to add. I mean, we've kind of said they're, they're not the most entertaining team on here, although I think there was some promise with them, uh, you know, using the U turn and, and just their reaction to being the U turn and everything. I, uh, I think they're the only team I was okay with losing this week. I would have been pretty upset if anybody else went. But, uh, I mean, still, they, they ended up placing much better. I don't have the rankings in front of me since, again, I'm recording this on my phone today. But uh, we'll go through the points later on. But I don't think any of us really expected them to uh, go very far. Uh, watch, I'm going to look up our rankings and how we predicted this. and I'm gonna, I'll probably put them in, like, second place. Who knows? But, uh uh, Jared, uh, any fond memories of Zainab and Monica throughout this race? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I did kind of like how they were going off at uh, Adam and Courtney's last episode about playing dirty um, by using the U-turn, yet um, three episodes back, they did the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think if all the teams kind of lose at this point, this was the best case uh, scenario of who would go home. And Rossi? Yeah, I was like, they were my least favorite out of all the teams left. I feel like they didn't give as much personality. I think they were fine. They, they had approved a one leg, but on the whole, they were kind of been low, bottom of the barrel. Um, and in terms of where we re- predicted they would place, oh, they ended up in seventh. I predicted they would finish in ninth, so I was two off. Colin, you predicted they would be in sixth, so you were one off. And Jared, you said they would be the first boots. So Colin, you were the closest, and therefore you would get you get the point. Wow. <laughs> I didn't predict them in second. That's comforting for me. Um 
Next week, we're going to go to Winnipeg, which is my hometown, which is great. I'm sorry that I missed you all when you were here in Winnipeg. Um, Martina, next time you're in Winnipeg, make sure to stop in and see me and Jamie and Casper. And uh, maybe we'll pull up Jared and Rossi on Skype or something like that. But uh, no, We're that's flying over. What's that? We're flying over. You're flying over, yeah. Free air for... If, if Martina's air- coming to your house, yeah. <laughs> Well, come on. I mean, if if they win this amazing race and they're going to have free airfare from Air Canada, I'm sure Air Canada can uh, uh, get a few passengers in from Emu Plains and wherever it is Rossi's from. (laughs) Or they can drive in their new Chevrolet Spark. Yeah, there you go. Come on, there's endless uh, endless options here to get Rossi and Jared here for the next visit to Winnipeg. Uh, But we're going to get more dancing with the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. Uh, That's going to be fun to talk about. Let's quickly go through our Martina questions of the week. So last week again... Martina, you're, you're, you're keeping up on our podcast, you're promoting us, you're answering our questions, it's amazing. We forget the questions often, um, I'm sure you're going to listen and remind us of what we've asked so far, but uh, maybe we'll update a few ones on the end here. But first question we asked her last week was whether she used the, the BMO, which has been dropped as a sponsor. She says, no, she uses RBC and Simply for banking. Uh, second question was, can you give us a recipe for a key lime pie? She gave us a great recipe here for a key lime pie, which I'm going to make Jamie to make me Gluten-free, of course. Uh, there's going to be my other thing. Can you give me a good gluten-free recipe, Martina? Question number three uh, was about the hairnet. That was yours, Jared. Uh, or was it Ross? I can't remember. Uh, but she says she never wears a hairnet in her food classes. She just ties her hair back for food safety. Uh, fourth question is about hugging John Montgomery, how excited she was. She says she loves hugging John Montgomery. He's the coolest person she knows. It was like 12 out of 10 excited. I ran so fast to see him. He's the best, uh, which we all agree. And she added uh, a website here, which I don't know if either of you checked out this week. She has a website where she puts all of her school recipes on and also school projects. So she teaches foods 8, 9, 10, and 11. Not 10? Not 10, Martina? Uh, but uh, I checked out this website, and there's some fun recipes on there. Uh, there was one project, which I can't find the, the exact page for right now, but I guess it was a project she gave her students to make like a creative, weird type of pizza. And there are people who had like, you know, macaroni and cheese on pizza and stuff like that. And I've always had an idea for a pizza for like a tuna melt pizza where you put like tuna and pickles and cheese. And that's my great tuna uh, recipe. That's what you'll have if you come here to Winnipeg. Well, uh, you can grade me on my tuna melt pizza. Uh, any qu- other questions to add for Martina this week? Jared or Rossi? Jared, you go first. Um, I don't have anything to add. Um, do you catch public transport often? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Rossi, anything to add for Martina? I have two. Um, I wanted to know if she was, if she if she's upset that she missed out on doing voguing. Oh yeah. And then secondly, she seemed very excited when she got to the pit stop to see Sam and Paul, a great team of the Amazing Race Canada. <laughs> I wanted to know if, they, if she was big fans of them on their season. Um, oh, that would make two of you who are. Oh, sorry, Sam and Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was uh, Karen and Bert? That was the best team last season. We got to do rankings of these teams one of these days. Karen and Bert were the best. Uh, and did you like Karen and Bert as well? Uh, anyways, so there's our questions. Thank you again for listening, Martina, and everybody else who's listening. Uh, we're going to be back again next week. Um, it's either going to be a nice early episode if we can line our times up right, or it's going to be a later episode because 
Jamie and I are going camping next weekend. We got to pack our owls and our garden hoses and our gnomes and our inflatable punching bags and cactuses and everything and get OnStar to direct us to the campsite. But it'll either be an early episode or a later episode, but we'll make sure to bring it to you because it's the Winnipeg episode. It's my hometown. And uh, I get to talk about all the sites that we see and all the teams experiencing the terrible Winnipeg drivers, which are probably the worst drivers in Canada. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us, Jared, and make sure to update us next week on uh, all your latest projects in latte art. Will do. And, Rossi, uh, thank you for being the resident, rude public transportation passenger. Uh, we look forward next week to your updating us on your tuna melt pizza recipe. Uh, how did you know my secret recipes? <laughs> And as always, my name is Colin, and I am also the least sexy bulb you will ever see. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.